and now time for questions time for questions Taliba, who's first Taliba? Can we say that a Muslim died on major shirk that he will go to Jahannam? No, we cannot. We cannot. Why? For many reasons. This person could be ignorant. This person uh, maybe he didn't know. This person maybe on the bed of death he repented. So it is none of our business. It is none of our business. Unless we know that this person, he knew the Tawheed and the people explained to him the Tawheed and he uh, refused the Tawheed and then he died upon the shirk. Even then in that case, yes, we will not attend his funeral prayer, etc. But even in that case, we cannot say he's going to Jahannam. Because this is up to Allah. Maybe, as I said, when he was dying on the bed of death, he repented. And this is something we don't know. So why should we fall into an area which is, I mean, should be avoided and it is none of our business? So what we have to always uh, focus uh, upon here is to call the people, the people to Tawheed, teach the people the Tawheed. Then after that, when they after their death, it's up to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Our business is to call the people to the Tawheed, to the worship of Allah alone, without associating any partner with Him. Is this clear to you, Fariha? The non-Muslims, yes, to us, Allah said that they are going to the hellfire. So that person, to us, Allah said they are going to the hellfire. Whether later on that particular person, so us, he is not a Muslim, he's a disbeliever, he rejected the truth. Now that person. Whether he, he will be attested in the second life, whether that person will be given another chance because he did not hear of Islam and he did not uh, know anything about the message of Islam and no one taught him, etc. And whether that person will be considered as one of the people of Fatra, because there, are, there is something we call it the Ahlul Fatra, the people of Fatra, those who were in the period between uh, Isa Islam and the coming of the Prophet because this period no Prophet came to them. So about those, uh, they will be given a chance in the second life and they will be tested. That is up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But to us, we treat them as Allah said, non-believers and disbelievers and the disbelievers they will go to the hellfire so we don't pray for them we don't uh, forgive 
Is this clear? Sir? or I guess you can say uh, an aggressive comment about the prophet that uh, I was hoping you would have more information about. He asked that if Allah encouraged knowledge or education and if Muhammad encouraged knowledge knowledge and education, then how come Muhammad never learned to read and write? Can you help me get more information on this subject? I mean, that is very simple. Because Prophet Muhammad, he was the teacher of all the educated people. Because he was taught by Allah himself, so his teacher is Allah. So there's no need to go and lower himself and go and learn from the people. Allah is teaching him. Okay? So his teacher is Allah. Allah taught him. So there's no need for him. As a matter of fact, he was the teacher of the entire humanity. So Allah saved him from going and uh, sitting at the knees of any human being. Because Allah himself is the one who taught the Prophet Wasallam. Is this clear to you? Is this clear to every Muslim? And today, we are studying his... his <coughs> and what he left for us the legacy and we are discovering miracles in what he taught and what he mentioned the, the prophecies and all these things so Prophet Muhammad he was taught by Allah Azza wa Jal so Allah is, was his teacher who taught him directly. And this is an honor no one received. Is this clear to the questioner? Whether he is a Muslim or a non-Muslim? Okay. So after is this clear to him or not yet? Wa alaykum as-salam Barakallahu alayhi Wa alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh A husband divorced his wife nine times in one go They were then apart Now they want to get back together and they feel the divorce was not valid as there were no witness witnesses. Please advise. They should take the case to the if they are in the UK they should go to the Sharia board to Sheikh Suhaib and uh, those uh, Muslims with him and they will uh, give them the answers. In principle 
that uh, that if someone says to his wife, you are divorced, 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 etc., etc., in one go, that is counted to be one. But they should take the case to the, as I mentioned, to the mashayikh there, and they will, inshallah, uh, answer their. Uh, they will give them the right uh, solution, inshallah. Uh, question says, I'm working at a book that uh, I am writing, inshallah. It is an Islamic story about a boy and uh, his life as a Muslim, but uh, I wrote it. Now is a story that uh, never really happened, a lie. No, it's not a lie. Especially if this uh, the scenario or the event takes place uh, everywhere and uh, in, uh, in the life of human being, then it's not a lie. So I can carry on. Yes. Because at the end of the day, what is matter here is the moral, the lesson of the uh, that can be learned from the story. Is this clear to you, Leila? Yes, yes, you can write, but uh, I mean, as long as there is a, uh, there should be a moral. And in the past, there are many, many books that were written uh, by the Muslim scholars uh, about the tongue of the animals, etc. Who is now talking about okay. Wa'alaikum salam wa barakatuh. Regarding al-wala wal-bara, does bara mean to have hate for the individual as well as his or her uh, disbelief or just have hatred for the disbelief uh, he, he has? Of course, the, uh, here the, uh, they are inseparable. They are inseparable. So you hate uh, the belief that he holds or she holds, and of course the individual himself. This is uh, because that you cannot separate them, they are inseparable. But of course if this person, uh, he has good qualities, you like also the good qualities in him or her, and also at the same time, you love guidance for this person also, so that also you call him and pray for her, his guidance or her, his guidance or her guidance. Uh, monitor. Uh, are you allowed to uh, have Islamic messages on your T-shirt? No, there is no need for all this stuff. That is actually we are trying to imitate the the non-believers. The non-believers they do many things. They put uh, messages, so we do the same thing. So we should not. There is no need to start writing. And now, subhanAllah, people, they are writing Quranic verses on the shirts. And they say this is only in English, so it is not the Quran. Uh, you are playing with words here. So there is no need for all these things, putting messages, Islam is great, Islam is the way. Uh, there is no need for all these things to write on shirts, etc. The, we have to leave all these slogans 
and let the people see Islam implemented and crystallized and manifested in the behavior of Muslims rather than reading it on piece of cloth. Munir, is this clear to you? Concerning Sufis, I got into a debate with one about asking the Prophet for something in dua, and he uh, quoted a hadith about Bilal going to the grave of the Prophet and asking him to ask Allah for rain, and it rained the next day, and this justifies why they call on Muhammad. The hadith is weak, very weak hadith, so it's not authentic. And, and he said, found it Hassan in one of his books. It's not Hassan, it is very weak. Okay, it is there in, uh, in, uh, Jarimi, and it is very weak hadith. The, uh, so the, the argument, uh, uh, falls apart from the beginning. That's number one. Number two, if it is permissible, now for the sake of argument, if it is permissible to go to the grave of the Prophet why didn't the Sahaba at the time of Umar, when they had troubles, they didn't come to the grave of the Prophet They went to Umar and Umar asked Al-Abbas to pray for them. Why didn't they go to the Prophet if it is permissible? They left the Prophet They didn't go to his grave. And I almost said, Oh Allah, we used to ask the Prophet to pray for us. But now we ask his uncle to pray for us, Al-Abbas. Because it was clear to them that they, cannot, they could not go to the grave of the Prophet and ask him. And even if this story happened, okay, that doesn't prove anything that a man came to the grave of the Prophet that person is mistaken because the, the, the scholars from among the Sahaba Omar and, and the uh, rest of the Sahaba they didn't do that and Allah made it clear that you call upon me you don't call upon the Prophet is this clear to you? but the Sufis may Allah guide them they are actually uh, subhanallah, uh, as we say in English, a uh, uh, drowning person clutches at a straw. So they just want to find anything to justify the shirk. May Allah guide them and open their hearts to receive the truth. Amen. Uh, what about uh, posters and brochures about Islam that we design for Dawah? Is it uh, included? Here we should try to minimize. I mean, uh, using the, uh, I mean, uh, make sure that these uh, posters, they will not be thrown into the dustbin, etc. Okay? So if we can try to minimize, yes you can, if there is a need. So you have to 
see if there is a need to put the meaning of the Quranic ayah or not. So there is an alternative try to resort to that and use it. Unless there is a, you feel there is a need, then it, we have to take care that these two shoes will not be thrown into the dustbin, will not be uh, treated with disrespect. Is this clear to you? The question, is this clear to you? وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته No, it's not, uh, it's not for that that's included in imitating the West because this is a means of da'wah and calling the people and it is a way of announcing an event or a lecture or a conference or something it is for the simplicity it's different but there is no need to for the what is the need to put a Quranic ayah in the shirt then there is no need for it wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh what's the best thing we can say to the relatives of one who has passed away uh, the, the Prophet Sallallahu told us you say عظم الله أجركم وغفر لميتكم there is another dua لله ما أعطى لله ما أخذ وكل شيء عنده إلى أجل مسمى فلتصبر ولتحتسب so this is a beautiful dua uh, what kind of hikmah should we follow if we want to give them da'wah there a person when uh, someone uh, dies uh, normally death softens the heart so we remind the people of uh, the purpose of their life and that they are going to leave this world one day sooner or later and every day we are getting closer to the second life so uh, people should uh, quit sinning and uh, uh, repent and turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala things like this as a reminders inshallah recommended is this clear to you? Uh, we want to tell our sisters that uh, our feet are our and we have to cover it can you please give us the delil for it can you please uh, specify where it is written well uh, the hadith is clear uh, the Prophet when he said the entire body of a woman is our and this hadith is in Sahih al-Jamah and uh, I can uh, uh, give it to you right now, one minute <laughs>
So the hadith is the Al-Tirmidhi, the Prophet said, Al-Mar'atu Awra, Al-Mar'ah. This Al means everything, because this we call it Al-Istighraq, which means the entire body of the woman is Awra, the nakedness, the whole body. So is there an exception? Yes, the exception, the face and the hands, that's it. As mentioned, the hadith of Asma, if they accept the hadith of Asma. So the entire body of the woman is awra, and the feet, part of her body, so she should cover her feet. Is this clear to you? husband's brother's son by mahram? No. Since we live in the same house, no. He's not your mahram and if his, his uncle divorces you or dies, he can marry you. As an example, of course. So he's not a mahram. No, you don't he is not a mahram, so he, so he just is just like any other man. So he is not a mahram. Is this clear to you? Uh, my question is technical in nature and is this, uh, I am a 20 year uh, veteran, veteran female police officer and revert Muslim. Uh, will, uh, will I be required to wear head cover while on the job? First of all, that you uh, reverted to Islam, and uh, they told me that uh, yesterday you reverted to Islam, and and today uh, I sent you to, uh, some books by the courier. Maybe in three days you received them, inshallah. Uh, the answer: uh, Yes, yeah, you are a Muslim. Alhamdulillah. Now. And uh, yes, you need to put the scarf and cover your hair because you have chosen Islam and that is part of your religion and that's part of your deen. And I really pray from the bottom of my heart that Allah protects you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen your faith and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep you firm, firm on this beautiful religion and inshallah you will overcome any obstacle and may Allah facilitate and make your life easy. Put your trust in your Lord 
rely on your Lord totally, put your trust in Him, ask Him anything you need and believe me my dear sister, your Lord will never desert you, your Lord will be always there to help you and also your brothers and sisters by Allah's help, we are only tools whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses, if you are in need of any help please do not hesitate to ask your brothers and sisters and we are very happy for you that you reverted to the belief of all the prophets and messengers you are most welcome my dear sister and may Allah preserve you and protect you and may Allah give you the strength to put the hijab on is this clear to you sister? who's next Could you please explain to us the hadith of the Khawari which states that they will shoot out of the religion as an arrow shoots out from the hunted game. Does this signify that they are uh, kuffar? No, it doesn't signify that. But it means uh, that they will come out of the right track. They will deviate from the right track. So they are still within the fold of Islam and uh, but they are of course not on the right path because Ali radiallahu anhu was asked uh, are they disbelievers? he said no they are not uh, they asked him are they hypocrites? he said no they are not the hypocrites they hardly mention Allah and those tongues are always engaged in dhikr so he refused to say they are disbelievers or munafiqs but of course they are deviants but they are still within the fold of Islam and the rest also of the uh, of the deviant groups because the Prophet ﷺ said my ummah will divide so though they will be divided but they are still his ummah is this clear to you Teddy? Can I ask what attracts you to Islam? <laughs> I am born Muslim as you are born Muslim so I'm, I now I am only asking you what stops you from becoming a Muslim in other words what stops you from coming back to your roots because you are born Muslim you are born believing in the oneness of your creator so what is it that is holding you up to now not from to accept the belief that suits your nature what you feel inside you when you were a little child before you were brainwashed 
and you became Christians. Okay? So, because basically what is the meaning of a Muslim? A Muslim is a person who submits to the will of God. A person who believes in the oneness of God. The person who believes in all the prophets starting from Adam. Who believes in Jacob, Solomon, Moses, David, Jesus Christ and all of them. A person who, who leads a righteous life. A person who doesn't associate partner with God Almighty and worship only God Almighty. That's what Islam is about. And that is the religion of all the prophets. We are Christians that we are following Christ. We love Christ more than ourselves and our children. So we are the true followers of Christ. We pray like Christ. We put our forehead on the ground like Christ. We perform ablution like Christ. Peace and blessings be upon him and his mother. We are followers of Moses. We love Moses. And we love Aaron. And we love all the prophets and believe in all of them. So that's what Islam is about. So what stops you from accepting this reality and this fact? And thank you for asking this beautiful question. But I want you to think now about it. Don't think that Islam is something that very strange. This word should not put you off. You have to understand its meaning. So Muslim is a person who submits. So if you submit to the will of God and you accept all the prophets and you believe in the oneness of God and you accept Muhammad as one of the last prophets of Allah the last prophet and messenger then that is the meaning of Islam is this clear to you? Bandan Who's next? In my country, the Adan for Asr gives that about 4.30 and I heard that the actual time starts at 3 o'clock or close to it. So how do I actually understand the correct time? It is the same with the iftar uh, time. You see, follow what the people in your country follow. The people they consider the time for us at 4.30, that's it. Don't be old. Just follow what the mainstream of the people in your country are doing. Is this clear to you? The people in your country, they pray for 30, that is... Okay, Barakalafiq. Monitor, next question, Monitor. Uh, if a man has two wives and he divorces his second wife, after divorcing her during her Idda, waiting period, for those who don't know it's the meaning of Idda, when a woman is divorced, she has to wait for three cons consecutive and successive menstrual cycles, three periods, 
Then after that she can marry another man. So this is called Iddah. Because she counts and waits. Uh, is he still supposed to give money to the wife who he divorced? If she's still in the Iddah, yes, because she's still his wife. But after the Iddah, no. After these three consecutive cycles, which could be three months or less than that, then she is not his wife. But uh, during the Iddah waiting period, she's still his wife and he has to give the maintenance. Is this clear to you? Is this clear to you? Nikabis, your question, Nikabis. says if a woman has a Quran in her bag can she put her bag on the floor what about putting the Quran on the floor when you are reading it there is nothing wrong with that putting the Quran on the floor when you are reading it it is just this is uh, manners and etiquette that we treat the Quran with respect so that's why it is the custom of the Muslims and the etiquette and manners that we put the Quran on a stand etc but if there is no stand and you put it on the floor because you were reading and you got up and you are coming back, but there is nothing wrong with that, inshallah. As long as you don't show, of course, a uh, way uh, uh, disrespect. But always we treat the Quran with respect. Monitor. Sometimes a headache actually called migraine. Now, when I have an attack, uh, it is hard for me to stand in prayer or sit because of the pressure. My dad told me it is allowed to pray when uh, I lie in bed. But the thing is, I can't concentrate when I am praying while having the headache. Will my salah be accepted, inshallah? If this headache doesn't last for long, for instance, then maybe for half an hour, one hour, or two hours, and after that it becomes mild and uh, bearable, then you can leave the salah until it, uh, uh, the, uh, the headache uh, reduces, then you pray. But if it is going to last for many hours and you are going to miss the time for the salah, so in this case, either you take some medicine, like for carry, as if you are having medicine, and take wudu, and uh, pray standing. If you feel it is difficult, then sitting, but you don't miss the prayers, and it is a chance for you when you are in that state to really cry to Allah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you a quick recovery of this migraine headache and inshallah soon inshallah you will get rid of it so get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pull down your heart cry to him 
to cure you, inshallah. But don't miss your prayers and don't uh, leave the salah because of the headache. Is this clear to you, sister? Sorry, just to clarify previous questions. Uh, we cannot say that about a disbeliever who had died that he will go to the hellfire. Uh, that is so and so will go to the hellfire. But we can only uh, speak in general. Is this correct? Uh, yeah, it is a cor correct in the sense that uh, the disbelievers you know they are going but whether this person now uh, is going to hell or not or whether he is going to be exempted whether he is going to be uh, uh, given the chance in the second life this we are not aware of but still that doesn't mean for us that we still is a disbeliever to us because for instance we will not pray for him or her we will not uh, allow his, his daughter, if he is Muslim, to inherit him or her, etc. So still from the Sharia perspective, he is treated as a disbeliever. And the details of what is going to happen to him or her, that's up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bint Abbas, are you following? the disbelievers they will go to the hellfire but that is not the question the question is different disbelievers are going to the hellfire but we are talking in general we are flick person specific persons we oppose that he is going to hell but what is going to happen there? Are there an exceptions? Whether this person is going to be tested or not? These are different issues up to Allah who don't interfere. Okay? Is this clear to everyone? I received an Arabic, uh, an article about the real age of Aisha of the Anha at the time of her marriage. It stated that there were a lot of chronological imprecisions in the prophetic prophetic biography and that Aisha of Anha was actually 15 and that her marriage was consummated at 19. Could you clear this? I don't need to clear this. This is the problem of some brothers who are apologetic to the West. 
and they don't know how to digest it and how to convince the missionaries or the orientalists etc. To us we have no problems. Aisha, when the Prophet married her, she was a woman. A woman in the sense she was biologically, physiologically fit for the marriage because the girl in this part of the world, in Arabia, 10 years or 11 years, she's a woman. Completely, she's very big, ripe, uh, mature, she her breasts, getting her period. So, biologically and physiologically, she can get pregnant. So when a woman can get pregnant and she gets her period, that's it. So what's the problem? What's the problem? The problem that we are having this inferiority complex and we are very apologetic. That's the problem. So we try always to use the rational and uh, to just convince the other people. They will not be convinced because they are not after the truth. They are not looking for the truth. Is this clear to you? And they will talk about the Prophet We tell them, study the life of the Prophet This doesn't add anything. This, is, this doesn't add anything. Even if now, if you, if she, if you, if you say they are, uh, she was 15, are they the, uh, the rejectors of truth? Are they going to be convinced? No. No. Because they want actually to confuse you. That's it. The Muslim should be always very proud and should not misconstrue the texts. And we say, yes, this is the truth, this is what happened. And the Prophet was treating her as his wife. Though he would always take into consideration that he is still young, that's why he would allow the girls to come and play with her, she has toys, she had toys, etc. But what's wrong with that? Nothing. Is this clear to you, Amata Rahman? says why were women giving as a gift to the prophet like they were some type of property like uh, Hadrat Maria was giving uh, by the Egyptians and I want to ask 
what were uh, that why was the Prophet Wasallam and other Muslim men allowed to sleep with a slave woman without marriage? Uh, I would like to uh, know about the question. Is the question a Muslim or non-Muslim? First of all. I'm going to answer the question, but I want to know. Is the question a Muslim or non-Muslim? Okay. If he is a Muslim, who decides and determines what is right and what is wrong? We or God Almighty Himself? Who decides what is right and what is wrong? Us or the Creator? Absolutely the Creator. Islam did not bring slavery. Slavery existed prior the coming of Islam, prior the message of the Prophet This was a common practice that slaves would be given as just like commodity, like any item. This was the practice. Judaism doesn't have a solution for it. Christianity didn't bring a solution and an abolition for slavery, let alone other systems. So there is no solution in the monotheistic creeds, Judaism and Christianity. Read the Bible and you will find that the prophets, Solomon and others, there are many, many slave girls. Islam came with the solution for this social problem. Islam came to liberate the slaves and came with pragmatic solutions. And today, because of these pragmatic solutions and the implementation of such practical solutions, you cannot find the slave today in Islam. Today, for instance, if a man sleeps with his wife during the day of Ramadan, Sharia says the expiation of this sin is to set a slave free or feed 60 poor men. And you find that people only feed 60 people or fast two months because there are, are no slaves to set them free. All the slaves were freed set free. Now, coming to your question, the Prophet was giving Maria as a slave, and that was permissible, 
and in Islam it was it, it is permissible to have slave girls but she should she will be treated just like a wife with respect and the moment she gets a child listen to this the moment she gives birth to a child automatically she becomes free so actually taking the slave girls as wives or as mulk yameen what the right hand possess is a means of setting them free and it is halal and permissible because that is the, get, uh, taking her as, uh, as a wife will set her free ultimately and Allah made that permissible in Islam so that is a way of liberating the women and set them free besides other practical channels and uh, uh, steps and uh, practices to set the slaves free so, so the Prophet ﷺ he accepted Maria as a slave girl and she was with him and later of course she became free because she gave birth to Ibrahim السلام. is this clear to the questioner So in a nutshell, it's Allah who made these things halal. And the wisdom behind them is to set them free, finally. Admin, ask the questioner. Is this clear to him or not? So the non-Muslim asks you why this happened in Islam, tell him what is the solution you have in your belief. If he's a Christian, tell me what is the solution for slavery in the New Testament. If he's a Jew, tell him what is the solution in the Old Testament, in the Torah. We in Islam, we have the solution and we solve the problem of slavery totally. So no more slaves. Oh, okay, Abu Bijana. Yes, Abu Walad. You see, the, that means you didn't attend with us the class in Bulughul Maram we address this issue that the slave girls once they become the birth to a child you are not allowed to sell her and by the death of her husband the moment her husband died she becomes free automatically this is uh, uh, it's very clear in many many ahadith in Bulughul Maram we address this also in one of the classes. So if you have Bulugh and Maram, you can refer to the hadith there. 
Abu Dijana, is this clear to you? Then it is called Um Walat. The moment uh, he gives birth to a child, it's called Um Walat. Abu Dijana, do you hear me? Are you following? Okay, uh, question says, Wa alaykum Are the Ashaira and the Matridis considered as deep deviants? Uh, especially in the issue of Asma' and Sifat. Yes, in the issue of, of Asma' and Sifat, they, regarding the belief in the names and the divine attributes, they are not of, uh, in line and uh, with the correct belief of the Sahaba and the Tabi'een, etc. Is this clear to you? the ta'wil and it's not ta'wil it's actually uh, uh, rejecting them indirectly and for instance the something which is very dangerous the Quran itself the Sha'ara they say the Quran is not the word of Allah they say exactly like the Mu'tazila say al Quran ibaratun an kalamillah so it is just an expression, something uh, Jibreel expressed it. So they don't say it is Kalamullah. Uh, question by Prophet uh, Paul, new Muslim, MashaAllah, most welcome. I know that there are decrees made by a recognized religious authority in Islam, but what about the so-called religious authorities that use fatwas to promote views that not go along through Islam such as promoting killing etc. Do we recognize these religious decrees? How do we know? Uh, first of all uh, we don't recognize that because uh, Islam uh, the teachings of Islam are very clear and we have to follow what the uh, well-established uh, organizations and uh, authorities such as uh, the uh, what we call Mujamma uh, al-Islami or Mujamma'at al-Faqiyya al-Islamiyya these are uh, well-established organizations where there are the Muslim scholars from all over the world they address these issues so when you refer to the Muslim scholars then they will find that they, are, they will give you the right view of Islam which is very balanced where are these views which are very uh, extreme views like promoting killing and, and all these things by such individuals such individuals and uh, who really they lack the understanding of the spirit of Islam and the fundamentals 
of Islam and they don't think of the consequences then you'll find such uh, uh, sayings and such statements and unfortunately the western media they take these such uh, quotations and such sayings of some uh, Muslims and they say this is what Islam is about and they ignore and try uh, the, what Islam is saying and the, what the Muslim scholars are saying the, because they are just uh, uh, concerned to give the negative image about Islam So now when you hear something as a new Muslim, that's why my advice for the brothers and sisters who are newly reverted, first of all, try to study Islam to avoid this confusion. Because if you study Islam and start learning the basics of Islam and the fundamentals, and then you build up your knowledge, and you check, keep checking, my advice for every brother and sister, reverted to Islam, do not accept anything from any Muslim unless that thing is there in the Quran or the authentic Sunnah of the Prophet And when I say authentic Sunnah, I mean the authentic books like Bukhari, Muslim, these are the books of Islam. Then when you know that it is there, then you, you ask the people of knowledge about the uh, the explanation. What's the expl what's the explanation of the this Quranic verse or ayah and this hadith? What is the context? How can I understand it correctly? Okay. So don't lend your ear to anyone. You have to start now your homework and you learn your deen gradually and slowly, but from the authentic sources from the authentic sources so as you hear sometime, someone is saying this say hold on let me have a look don't just accept anything is this clear to you brother Paul which you can uh, recommend which are inshallah uh, will find them helpful for answering your questions like the sites uh, please brother uh, monitor give him the sites and the links of the sites of Sheikh Yusuf wa rahmatullah sister is traveling and there is and there she is praying Qasr Salah 
there her period started before she could pray Isha. Now she is having her period and will get back to her house before her period ends. Since she has to pray the Isha that she missed there, will she pray Qasr or four Raka? No, four Raka. Because now she is a resident, not a traveler. Is this clear to you? by Janet, uh, would it be permissible to wear a cap saying police, uh, or it being uh, visible to the public and used as the underneath cap while placing a scarf covering all but police as long as it covers my hair? If you are going to, I mean, the uh, see the uh, the issue that the hair of the Muslim should be covered not only the hair and also her neck the neck of the Muslim should be covered okay so I don't know what type of hat you are talking about so if you are putting this scarf and, and in terms you want to put the hat inshallah there is no problem in that case that if this hat is not going to cover your hair, then uh, I'm afraid uh, you cannot use that. But if this hat is covering your hair completely, and also your ears are covered, and only except your face and your the neck is covered, and then everything else is covered, then inshallah, for the time being that maybe because we don't want to, to make it difficult for you but inshallah by the time your iman and your faith gets stronger and stronger you will move uh, slowly slowly so the hair, the hair has to be covered completely because well, of course the hair is on top of one's head so this has to cover the everything except the face and the face from the forehead and the chin that can be shown your ears, your uh, hair, your neck everything is covered is this clear to you? Who's next, Taliba? I'm just getting into really focusing on studying Al Quran. Is there any advice 
you could give inshallah. The most important advice is taqwa Allah. No taqwa, no one can benefit from the Quran. So avoid any all types of sins. Listening to music, watching any haram. If you want really to benefit from the Quran and to understand it and to memorize it. So taqwa Allah is the most important thing. May Allah give us taqwa and protect us from the evil of ourselves. Ameen. I want to ask that we know that there is a great value of mother in Islam and there are so many hadith of the Prophet what about father? of course there are also many hadith about the father the Prophet said <coughs> which means the uh, the, your father is the, the middle path that will take you to the Jannah and also I said <coughs> that you cannot uh, compensate your father unless you find him a slave or reward him unless you find him a slave and set him free but of course the mom uh, focused and uh, but more emphasis upon the rights of the mother because the child doesn't see what his mother does for him he sees his father, he's the one who buys gifts for him he's the one who brings the toys, he was, etc. but the things that his mother went through he didn't, he cannot recall when he was a child so Islam has to draw his attention and make him that uh, your mother she suffered more than your father she carried you nine months in her womb she breastfed you for two years she had many sleepless nights etc so alhamdulillah Islam strikes the balance there are a hadith about the father and there are a hadith about the mother as well display to your brother or sister Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Barakallahu feekum. Uh, scholars have said that buying stocks is halal except if they deal with riba. Uh, that is uh, banks. However, today almost every company deals with riba. Doesn't this make all stocks haram? So the scholars they mention the principles and then the, uh, the principle depends on the application so as uh, a, as a, a person I see the application is this uh, particular establishment or particular firm are the transactions and dealings are in line with Islam or not if they are not compatible with the Sharia then uh, it is haram ok then I have to take
the the case to the scholar that and say, tell me now, this what this particular firm or company does, is this still halal? Because most of the time we find the the mashayikh or scholars they get the general rulings that working in such a business is halal as long as it doesn't involve riba or haram. But when you go to the reality and uh, and dig down and drill down and you find they are dealing with riba, they are doing haram, there are certain transactions that are not compatible with the sharia. Could civil is this clear to you? MashaAllah. Usaid, a new Muslim. How does Allah speak to us? Uh, Allah, He spoke to us through the Quran. So when you are reading the Quran, that is the speech of Allah. And Allah will talk to us also in the second life in paradise when we enter it. Okay? Also, when you supplicate, you communicate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He hears you and He uh, responds to your demand and to your requests. Uh, is it like the sound of many waterfalls? No, no, no. We, you cannot imagine uh, how Allah speaks. So you cannot say, well, I heard something that is the Allah spoke to me. No. Any sound you hear, that is not the Allah speaking to you. So, be careful. Allah spoke to the messengers, Allah spoke this Qur'an, so you are reading the Qur'an, it is the real speech of Allah. A thirst set uh, upon the heart, no. You cannot say Allah now is talking to me, no. Uh, I asked because before I was Muslim, I always felt very close to him. Uh, those things I now learn feel like they have been uh, retold to me. I do not find argument anywhere in them. It amazes me. Does Allah call to the non-Muslims? You see, if before Islam you used to have something or you hear something or get some feeling, now you are a Muslim. Of course, maybe before Islam you were calling upon Allah and you get some feeling that your uh, requests or your uh, prayers are answered. That is from Allah. The same thing now as a Muslim. You pray to Allah, you ask Allah and you will find your prayers are answered. And that means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He answered and He accepted your prayers. And Allah accepts also the prayer of any human being, even if it is not a Muslim. Especially if that particular human being is oppressed and he is in need. And He calls upon him, because He is the creator of everyone. So He helps and He responds, responds to the uh, prayers of the, uh, the calls of the needy. No, there is only one path, and the true path that will lead to salvation is the path of Islam.
following the footsteps of Prophet Muhammad and the parts of those products at that time because Prophet Muhammad is not part except to follow the footsteps of Prophet Muhammad is this clear to you? This world, is this clear to you? Uh, are we Muslims supposed or allowed to insult calling non-Muslims idiot? The answer no, we don't use such uh, bad words. The Prophet said, and Muslim a Muslim is not a one who insults people or one who swears the one who curses or use the F words F words you don't use if the non-Muslim is asking an ignorant question in mocking manner we don't treat the fools the way they treat us we always keep ourselves above that level. We don't lower ourselves. As long as the person isn't insulting Allah and the Messenger or any of the Prophet So the Muslim always sets the examples. And Prophet Muhammad is the example. And how he dealt with the non-believers at his time. Though they were insulting him. Though they were saying that he was mad, possessed poet, etc. But the Prophet ﷺ was always quiet, smiling, and encompassing, and containing their ignorance. So Prophet Muhammad is our example. Of course, it is haram to come down to that level. This is not the manners, this is not the character of the Muslim. This is not the character of the Muslim, because the Prophet ﷺ said, Al-Muslim laysa bis-sabdaab wa laysa bil-la'am. Of course there are exceptions, but these are exceptions. The exceptions are exceptions. I don't want to elaborate there. So I'm giving the guidelines. So these are the guidelines. We should not always come down to the level of the fools and the ignorant. The question says that there are some days when a man goes quiet and I don't understand. What to do then? As uh, a Muslim wife, should I wait for him to open up so to make him think I'm not desperate or worried when, worried when sometimes somebody goes quiet? See, this is the nature of many men. Sometimes a man has many problems, so he just he wants to be with himself, so he just Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Because if you at that moment try to come and interfere 
he might just uh, flare up and uh, say something and hurt you just let him by himself if he talks if he opens seeking help help him otherwise leave him alone and of course uh, it, it, it varies from one husband to another so every woman knows her husband and every woman should study the personality of her husband and she should know him in and out so every woman should psychoanalyze her husband's behavior person says should we not be frank with them about this topic so they can Oh, this is very long question. Read. Okay. Do the first half. Do reverts have to get rid of their Bibles and past Christmas gifts? One brother or sister was saying they must. Also, with regards to. Oh, let me just deal with it. Why don't you just give me part by part? Okay, they read of the Bibles? No, they can keep the Bible, and maybe later on they can benefit of that. Uh, Christmas gifts? It depends what is there. If it is anything haram, they can get rid of it. If it is not haram, they can keep it. Uh, with regards to jihad, some reverts are told uh, this killing is not from Islam, so these reverts end up hating and cursing mujahideen. I don't blame them what you blame on you and a person who just became a Muslim and he doesn't know anything so we have, this is what I have been mentioning to you about Ubaidah many many times and I am repeating this and I, I appeal, I request every brother and sister who are doing da'wah to the, uh, to the non-Muslims and their brothers and sisters becoming we have to start teaching them the basics of Islam we have to devise a curriculum for them. We have to teach them. We cannot blame them. Because they don't know. So it is our duty to teach them what Islam is about. And to educate them. Not that just they became Muslims and Alhamdulillah and we leave them. No. They need uh, uh, to be educated, they need to to go through a, such, a particular curriculum to educate them. So they go slowly from phase one to phase two. There are different grades, and unless we do that, we cannot blame them if they say something or someone told them and they accepted that. We cannot blame them for that. Because we didn't do our job, we didn't educate them. So this is what we have to do. I hope that inshallah uh, something will happen and uh, soon inshallah. Of course, uh, my advice for the brothers and sisters who reverted to Islam, don't just go to the I call Sheikh Google, the uh, search engine Google, and start uh, 
searching and uh, just go and accept anything you find in the net. No. You have to be very careful. That's why you have to go only to these authentic sites which will give you the right information. There are many sites there on the net, on the website, which are harmful. And even some websites are made up by the enemies of Islam and the rejectors of truth. So you have to be very careful. May Allah only protect you. towards it intentionally or unintentionally. Is it a sin? No, it's not a sin. But these are lack of manners. That's it. Can you put the Quran on the floor or legs while reciting it in the masjid? I said the manners and the adab and the etiquette that you put the Quran on the stand. And this is the practice of Muslims. And we should keep encouraging the Muslims to treat the Quran with respect, not like any other book. Okay, Brother Danish? Without educating them, you will face all these problems because no program is made for them. Is it sunnah for men to wear silver rings? Uh, it's not a ring, we say khatam, which means something with the stud. Yes, it is sunnah in that case. Can they wear? titanium or platinum rings? The answer yes, it's not haram, but haram is gold. Can they have diamond type stones and then? Then that is not recommended. Because then that means they are becoming extravagant or also trying to imitate women. Because normally only the women, they adorn themselves with such adornments. Next. the Quran has got the greatest reward to recite. <coughs> the, uh, the Prophet وسلم, he said that uh, is say it uh, three times it is al Quran and if you read it ten times a house will be built for you in the Jannah so Surah Al-Ikhlas uh, it is a beautiful Surah and it mentions and talks about all the types of the Tawheed and of course Surah Al-Fatiha which is the opening chapter which has many many uh, names and many ahadith were mentioned about uh, the virtues and the merits of reading Surah Al-Fatiha 
and in one of the hadith it is a treasure that was taken from underneath the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala okay Munir Okay, no more hands, brothers and sisters, because we crossed the time limit already. Abu Dujana, your question, Abu Dujana. Okay, you can, yes, go ahead. No, this is not wise. Using such expression is not wise. It's not something recommended. Prophet Muhammad never used things like this. So he is our example. Is this clear to you? Verily, in the example of the Prophet in the life of the Prophet is a good example for you. So he's our example. Is this clear to you, brother? I read your question. Is this clear to you? using harsh words a noble sheikh okay, this is a uh, wrote a book silencing, uh, silencing the parking dog is this correct now this is not the way the Prophet uh, this is not the, the the way of the Prophet so Prophet Muhammad is our example and we should not use such uh, harsh uh, words etc. Because what is the purpose? Do you want this person to accept the truth or to reject it? Do you want him to be guided or to carry on on the wrong path? You didn't put your question yet. What is your question, please? You can't hear me. No problem. Uh, 
And they're going to get you a question yet, Abu Dijana. Question says, uh, my question is, how would you respond to a person who so completely disregards any parts of the Sunnah by backing themselves up, by saying that nowhere in the Quran does it explicitly say that Allah Almighty protects it, like not saying Shahada because all prophets are the same, also this person is much older than uh, me, so how could, <laughs> okay, only to uh, make dua for him, because this person to me, he, he's ignorant, what can I say? Uh, there's a famous saying by Amir al-Mu'mineen Ali radiallahu anhu, he said, if I debate with the scholar, I will win the debate, but if I debate with an ignorant person, he will win the debate and he will defeat me. So this person who is, is the, he doesn't accept the Sunnah, what can we say? Because they tell him, teach me the Salah, teach me the Zakah, teach me everything from the Quran, he will not be able to do this. And uh, that's one thing. Second, I think he doesn't know the Quran, because the Quran says that he is the one who, who uh, uh, who protects the the the, uh, the Sunnah of the Prophet <laughs> And the Dhikr, of course, covers both the Quran and the Sunnah. And the Quran says, whatever the Prophet ﷺ gives you, take it, and whatever he forbids you, abstain from it. So, uh, <laughs> only make dua and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide him. And may Allah guide him. Amen. Question says, Okay, Brother Abu Dijana. Uh, the, the book of uh, uh, the Irja, uh, it is a good book, no doubt. No doubt it is a good book, though there are some uh, books being written refuting him. And uh, 
if you uh, read the book and read also the other books that uh, uh, refer to this book, you will uh, find there are certain issues uh, like the issue of the Salah, like uh, the, uh, whether the one who uh, leaves the Salah kafir or not, and uh, basically those who uh, who uh, are uh, they wrote uh, such uh, reputations because they uh, were defending uh, our Sheikh Nasruddin Albani because they felt that uh, he was accused that uh, uh, he's uh, advocating the belief of this Irja uh, uh, or defers uh, the Iman etc. So there is no harm if you are real uh, students of knowledge inshallah and also you can read also the other books that uh, were written refuting uh, uh, the, the book of Riyadh by Sheikh Safar. There is no problem inshallah. This clear to your brother. What kind of kind of advice can you give us about how involved uh, into politics we should be? I don't advise you to be involved in politics because politics is a dirty game, especially the current politics. But if necessity, <laughs> that is an exception. If necessity compelled some Muslims to be involved in politics to represent the minorities in the West, then first of all we want those Muslims first of all to be ambassadors of Islam, good examples. They should not play the dirt, they should not dirty their hands with the dirt of politics. They have to be honest because they are representing Islam. They have to understand their religion more than politics because unfortunately there are many Muslim politicians they know politics more than Islam okay but they have to bear in mind they are there to represent Muslim minorities so they are Muslims they have to be good examples so when there is something haram they have to keep themselves away from it. That is if they are politicians. For us as individuals, Muslims should know exactly what is going on around him, but he should focus on what is beneficial. So he should set out and his priorities are her priorities. Voting process I answered this question last time and uh, we don't have time now to go through it again. Okay, so 
you choose between two evils, which one is lesser than the other? That is the, in a nutshell, the answer to the question about voting. Hamoud al-Uqur Shu'aybi rahimahullah is a scholar, no doubt, rahimahullah ta'ala. And no doubt he was following the way of the Salaf, rahimahullah. So please, brothers and sisters, don't put many questions at a time. Wait until your turn comes. And don't put many questions. Make your question very short. Inshallah. The person says, I heard a lot about our beloved Sheikh Al-Bani Rahimullah as having area in his aqidah surrounding Iman. That's not true. There are misunderstandings because of some sayings. Uh, some sayings of the Sheikh where if you just take these sayings, uh, separately, separately, then uh, you will reach that conclusion. But if you read all the sayings of the Sheikh and what he said here and there and all his verdicts, you will form the comprehensive uh, idea about the belief of the Sheikh. I hold now in my hand a book. It's called a Sheikh Al Albani wa Manhajhu. في تقرير مسائل الاعتقاد بشيخ الداني's methodology in establishing and verifying the issues of the belief and this is a book of uh, master's degree it's a master's degree it is a, this brother got this degree on that issue and he refuted all these accusations about Sheikh Albani and the book is printed in Riyadh, in Saudi Arabia, by the, the library of Ibn Taymiyyah, and the author is the Sheikh Abu Abdurrahman Muhammad bin Surur Shaban. So, all these issues and accusations that Sheikh Albani is having area and all that, if you read this, inshallah, uh, thesis and this uh, scholarly work, you will understand it. All these are not true. These these things are not true, and if you read all the fatwas together, you will understand the correct thing and you will form the comprehensive view of Sheikh on this issue. Barakallah <laughs> Some people say, why should we rent when we 
pay the next person's mortgage, what do we say to them about riba? Tell them riba is a curse, and if someone falls into the riba, he is actually in war with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So any Muslims who fears Allah and wants to go to the Jannah will avoid the riba. So the mortgage is riba. And a person is not compelled to go for the mortgage. You can't keep renting until insha'Allah you save some money and you buy your own property. But to go for the haram and riba that the Prophet ﷺ said one dirham out of riba is worse than committing zina 37 times. May Allah guide all the Muslims and save them from falling into riba. Amen. Is it correct to call the rejectors of truth kuffar? That is what Allah called them kuffar. But is it wise to use this in the field of da'wah? No. Prophet Muhammad never used that in the field of the da'wah inviting the people. The Quran can say, See, Ya Qawmi, Ya Qawmi, Ya Qawmi, all my people, all my people, etc. Because that is where you feel you need to call the people. So you don't use such anything that might uh, give negative image or uh, negative reaction. So you have to differentiate. What are they? Are they Muslims? No. They are not. They are non-Muslims. If they want to become Muslims, they are, they are most welcome. So let us stick to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used in the Qur'an. And we should not play with the, what Allah said. But we should know when to use this, when to use that. What are they? They are rejectors of truth. Because that's the meaning of kafir. What's the meaning of kafir? Kavik just means someone is covering, like in English, cover. You cover something. But when you are in the field of da'wah and inviting the people, as Allah said, with hikmah wa mu'awata hasana, with wisdom and nice exhortation. Abdullah Ayyubi, is this clear to you? Barakalabi. Can we make istikhara prayer more than once if we feel the answer was not clear to us? How do we do it properly? Yes, you can repeat it, and Omar, uh, uh, he repeated the istikhara more than that. So it is permissible to repeat the istikhara. And the istikhara you pray to rak'ahs, and you then pray to Allah and say, Oh Allah, I want to do this. If it is good for me, Make it easy. Facilitate it. If it is not good, stop it or save me from doing it. And then you, you go ahead. If it happened, that's what Allah chose for you. If it didn't work, that's what Allah also chose for you.
But if we are in between two matters, how would istikhara work then? And how would the dua be? You say, if this matter, and you mention it, if this matter is better for me, let it happen. And you choose. That means the other one is not better for you. For instance, I want to go to two universities. I say, if University A is better for me, then make it easier and let me get an admission to that. So if you didn't get admission to A and you got admission to B, then that means B is better than A. And that's what Allah chose for you. And things like that. This is how you make the istikhara. Is this clear to you, monitor? Okay, uh, are we allowed to uh, kill the flies in summer? They are so much in the house and they go on food. Can we put those sticky tapes to trap them? I think there are some medicines or chemicals, they repair them. And uh, once I really read uh, uh, something really uh, very strange, they said the, uh, what we call it, uh, the, uh, in Arabic we call it uh, the grumpful, uh, just now the, the word slipped, I can't recall the meaning of it in English, the it is just like uh, uh, it's a type of uh, herb. They call it. Uh, one minute, I'll, I'll just remember. Try to remember the word. to cause you to become sick, 
In that case, yes, otherwise, if they are not harmful, try to use many means. For instance, there are tents for mosquitoes and things like that. There are means to avoid them and to repair them uh, there in the market. So try to use these techniques. from Saudi Arabia? No, that's not true. What is the ruling of a person who has tattoo in his body? Is his salah valid? Yes, his salah is valid. considered halal. These insecticides or insects killer are not halal to use. That we should not, I mean, use them extensively. If, when they, uh, we use them when there is a need. Okay? If there is a need and these insects are causing uh, inconvenience and uh, <coughs> causing harm to us, yes, we can get rid of them. And it's Is it true that if someone feels down or sad and then opens the Quran, she finds a reply from Allah through the verses? No, that's not uh, true. But of course the Quran will console her and uh, the Qur'an is shifa and cure but uh, not that any problem you have just open the Qur'an and find the solution sometimes the problem is within yourself so you have to do something That Islam. Any questions? Okay. Taliba, who's next? Taliba. There are no more hands because. Almost one hour after the time limit. No comments about the question of Teddy. Any other question? I don't know what basis he has for, for that. 
Who's next, Taliba? Alhamdulillah. Okay, so both rooms, no more questions. Okay, brothers and sisters, barakallahu alaykum. Yazakumullah khaira. Inshallah, we'll see you tomorrow. Taliba, post the timings in both rooms. We'll see you tomorrow, inshallah. Until then, fi amanillah. Assalamu alaykum. ورحمة الله وبركاته